ready? I'm ready. Ooh, 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 bitch, I was seeing that snowing. I wanna see you standing here. Yeah. Hey there, gang. Welcome back to Meddling Kids Podcast, where we cover all things scary and weird for listeners near and far. <laughs> I'm Bree. And I'm Cord. And we are two roommates who met on Twitter during a pandemic in 2020 and became, yeah, sin, man, man. <laughs> Our mutual interest for true crime and all things spooky have brought us together to create this gorge podcast whose name is heavily inspired by our favorite cartoon growing up. And I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> that was good. I love it. <laughs> oh. Pop goes the motherfucking weasel. Is that your mic? Yeah, that's my mic back. Is that it still on? I don't know. Yeah, it's still on. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Today we are taking a break from murdery, serially, killery things because I am depressed. Good grief! <laughs> <laughs> Just a gorgeous reminder that all the information uh, in our podcast is um, compiled from multiple different articles online. And we do know that some of these things may not be 100% factual, but we try our best. So. Yes. We also do not to uh, we do not intend to disrespect anyone we mention in our gorgeous podcast. And even though we do laugh at the worst times, we always have good intentions and just want to share these cases for our listeners and viewers for educational purposes. So when we do laugh, it's not that we think things are funny. Yeah, it's just sometimes you either have to laugh or cry. Sometimes <laughs> just sometimes things just crumple you and you just have to laugh. Fuck off. <laughs> um. This episode does contain some graphic details and, as usual, a lot of talk about drugs. Yeah, as usual. I really hope the CIA isn't listening to this podcast. Hope We're they are. probably going to disappear after this episode. Anyways. Let's get the fuck into it, y'all. Melon Kids Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, MK Ultra. Oh, oh. Right, Project MK Ultra, also known as MK Ultra, just just known as M- like it's Project MK Ultra or just MK Ultra. You, you pick. MK Ultra um, was a code name of a highly classified illegal human experimentation project started by the CIA. MK. <laughs> I drank three Pepsi's today and an iced coffee. I had a monster. I'm fucking talking to electricity now, brethren. I still don't know how electricity works, and I'll stand by that statement. Anyways, MK Ultra involved more than 150 human experiments involving LSD, paralytics, electroshock therapy, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, and verbal and sexual abuse. A lot going on. A lot of blue going on. A lot of red flags going on. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Um, sometimes the subjects, uh, test subjects, knew they were participating in a study. However, at other times they had no idea. Sometimes a chip. <laughs> sometimes a chip. <laughs> My name is Jeb. <laughs> Holy fuck. <sighs> right. 
Okay. Just totally. Start from sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to be happy. <laughs> okay. You were in a silly, goofy mood today. I know, I'm fucking nuts. Sometimes the test subjects knew they were participating in the study. However, at other times, they had no idea. Even when the hallucinogens started taking effect. They had no clue that they were tripping balls. They just didn't know what was happening. So MK Ultra was carried out in uh, over 89 institutes, including universities, hospitals, uh, prisons in the United States and in Canada. That fucking really sucks, honestly. God bless Canada, but not right now. MK Ultra began in 1953 when American government officials feared that their opponents in the Cold War were reportedly using psychedelic drugs to gain mind control over prisoners of war. American soldiers were returning home from Chinese captivity, seemingly brainwashed, delusioned with American values, and overtaken by communist thoughts. So they, the CIA just thought that they were getting brainwashed and getting sent back over to the States, so... They just decided they're actually using drugs and we're bra- they're brainwashing all of our soldiers. So that's what happened. That's how it started. They believed that Soviet, Chinese, and North Korean agents were pumping U.S. prisoners full of drugs in an attempt to get them to give over secret information in an attempt to use it against the U.S. Pumped. Full of Ship drugs. pump. Pumping. Ship pump can. Pump it up. The MK Ultra operation was aimed to develop techniques that would be used to fight back against their enemy. Enemy? Sorry. Enemies? <laughs> what the fuck? What's the enemies? Where did I. You said that in your whole pussy. Enemies? <sighs> Make your pussy throb. <laughs> Sorry. To fight back against their enemies to control human behavior with drugs and other psychological manipulators. The project lasted between 1953 to 1973, and suddenly details of the experiment were leaked to officials throughout the CIA and other government branches. The agency kept notoriously poor records and destroyed almost all the documents in 1973 when the project ended. By 1975, a full investigation was underway on the project, its history, and its leaders. Several boxes of records were subsequently uncovered in 1977, revealing sparse but important information regarding the nature of the experiments. Spook. Most of the information that we know about MKUltra comes from the files that were recovered and from the Senate hearings that were held and which included interviews from former CIA employees that were involved in the project. Many people believe that MK Ultra is a conspiracy, but sadly, it is not. This happened. It's real. Let's get into it. Actually, first let's talk about LSD real quick. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> LSD was created by mistake by a scientist in Switzerland named Albert Hoffman on April 16, 1943. He was trying to make something similar to the EpiPen. Hoffman touched the LSD and realized it could be absorbed into the skin, and he started tripping balls. His first trip was a good one. But then... He wanted to do more and so he could do more research, so he took 250 micrograms of LSD. Hoffman took the LSD at 
4.20 p.m. and started journaling everything. so funny to me. That Did he, he actually it? took it at yes. 4.20? Okay. And then so he started journaling everything. That's where this information came from, I yep. guess, his little journal. So by 5 p.m. he had noted that he was beginning to feel dizzy, had feelings of anxiety, and um, he felt um, visual distortions. So he was like seeing like the Wild Mountain shit. And he also felt symptoms of paralysis and had the desire to laugh. He just wanted to have a little laugh. He's feeling a little silly and a little goofy. Two days later, he noted his trip had been the most intense between 6 and 8 p.m., which at that time he had rode his bicycle home. The reason for him riding his bike home was because during the war they had banned, like, um, cars. Really? On the road. So he had to use a bike I to didn't get know home. that. Yeah. So, yeah. He wanted to use LSD to almost create a psychosis to study the effects of mental breaks. Um, did you know you actually can't overdose on LSD, but it can cause psychological damage and distort your reality. So, trip at your own risk. <laughs> like that one? I like that, yeah. That's fun. Okay. Now we're going to get into the devious antics of Sidney Gottlieb. The CIA began to experiment with LSD... A.K.A. acid. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, you never know. People maybe they don't they don't know. LSD and acid are the same thing. Yep. Right. Acid, yeah. Under the direction of the agency and chemist and poison expert Sidney Gottlieb, Sid was born in the Bronx. Anything can happen in the Bronx. On August third, nineteen eighteen, to Hungarian Jewish immigrants, Fanny and Louis Gottlieb. My stepmom's mom's actually named Fanny. Franny Feet. And then her mom was named Dorcas. I'd love to see you. Joanne, if you're watching this. We stand. I love you. Uh, Fun fact about our boy Sid is that he actually suffered from a stutter, like myself, (laughs) since childhood and was born with a club foot. Oh my God, like me. (laughs) (laughs) The club foot was the reasoning... from getting rejected from the military service in World War II, but apparently did not stop him from pursuing his lifelong passion of folk dancing. (laughs) It's so random. So get into it, Sid. So now we're just going to talk about all of his accomplishments um, and his schooling, so you can get a little... Just like, so you can picture this this man. He's very well-educated. He graduated from James Monroe High School in 1936 and enrolled in the Free City College in the Big Apple. New York City. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. Eventually, he decided to transfer to a school that had an ar- architectural biology. Agricultural. Girl, I can't, like, I think I'm, like, cracking out. It's kind of far. It's kind of far away from you. I think I'm cracking out. Like, I think I'm cracking out. I think I've been dosed. I'm looking forward to cracking up. Eventually, he decided to transfer to a school that had an agricultural biology course and wished to attend the University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin! They have great cheese, I've heard. <laughs> he ended up attending Arkansas, no, I'm just kidding, Arkansas Tech <laughs> University, where he studied botany, organic chemistry, and the principles of diarying. Is that even a word? Anyways, that's what he did. His success awarded him with a mission to the University of Wisconsin, where he was meant where he ate a lot of good cheese. <laughs> where he was mentored by Ira Baldwin, the assistant dean of the College of Agriculture. 
He graduated in 1940, where he received a glowing recommendation from Baldwin, winning him admission to the California Institute of Technology, CIT. Sidney Gottlieb met his wife, Margaret Moore, while attending CIT. Sit, if you will. And they got married super fast. They did. Bing bong. Since he was denied admission into the military because of his club foot, he decided to go look for another way to serve and began looking for a job with the government in Washington. In 1948, Sid and his wife and their two daughters were living in a remote cabin in Virginia. They had no electricity or running water. They were living off the grid like a couple of thieves. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. He was living in this cabin when he began to work with the CIA and his lifestyle was very different compared to the Ivy League men normally recruited into the agency. Later on, he transferred to the Food and Drug Administration where he developed tests that could measure the presence of drugs in the human body. He eventually grew bored and wanted to find a job that was more challenging to him. In 1948, he found a job at the National Research Council. Soon after, he relocated to the University of Maryland as a research associate dedicated to studying the metabolisms of fungi. A few years later, he finally started his first day on <laughs> at the CIA on July 13, 1951. As stated at the beginning, this was during the Cold War when everyone was paranoid as fuck that the Americans were going to be taken over. The CIA was trying everything they could to take down their enemies. Project Bluebird was on the go for a while when Gottlieb got hired on. Bluebird experimented with special interrogation techniques on captured prisoners overseas in, in an attempt to use drugs to break their ego control and spill information. But Bluebird <laughs> lacked scientific knowledge and obedience. Then Deputy Director of Plans, Alan, I don't know if it's Duels or Dulls, Anyways, <laughs> Alan wanted Sid to get Blueboard. <laughs> Blueboard? Smorgasbord. He wanted to get Blueboard. <laughs> I can't say it. They wanted to get Bluebird back on track. Blueboard singing in the dead of the night. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Christ. <sighs> After going through training, Gottlieb was named chief of the newly formed chemical division and technical service staff. Sorry, of the te technical service staff. On August 20th, 1951, Dull slash Duels, still unsure pronunciation, <laughs> ordered Bluebird to be expanded and centralized and renamed the project Artichoke. Spinach. Who makes up these names? I love it. I don't know. Duels slash Duels. <laughs> was quickly promoted to deputy director of Central Intelligent days after amping up artichoke scale. This was done to ensure protection and encouragement for all of Gottlieb's future mind control projects from the highest levels of government. Get into it. The buys were very much convinced. <laughs> the buys. The buys were very much convinced that they could influence and control the human mind and take over the world. They were also, there was, I'm not sure if this is actually true, if they actually... I, I guess they were working on a truth serum as well at the time. Well, they. I think they thought that the LSD and drugs was the truth that serum. Was the, that was the goal, the truth serum. Mm. Um, before using LSD, Gottlieb experimented using THC, cocaine, heroin, and... What is this? Mesaline? Mescaline? What'd you call them? Gottlieb. Do la peep. Do la peepa. What's mesaline? It's mescaline. What does that mean? It's a type of fucky drug. 
Thank you. Voice in the corner. <laughs> There's a mysterious man sitting in our house. Thank you. See, we don't do drugs, so we don't know the names of them. After trying LSD for the first time himself, Sid pressed the fucking gas on LSD experiments at the agency. He said, let's get into he it. He said, LSD. <laughs> <laughs> in the early 1950s, Gottlieb arranged for the CIA to pay I, trillion. Bazillion trillion. To buy the world's entire supply of LSD. A hundred million doses. He brought it into the USA. He brought it into the USA where he began spreading it around to hospitals, clinics, prisons, and other institutions. He asked them through fake foundations to carry out research projects and find out what LSD was and how people reacted to it. Some of the people who volunteered included Ken Casey, the author of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cuckoos. Is it? That's not what it's called, is it? Cuckoos. Is it? I thought it was who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cuckoos. Am I having a Mandela effect? Cuckoos. Anyways, he wrote that one book of the cuckoo nest. Cuckoos. It's called cuckoo. It's cuckoo. No. Cuckoos. Is that how you spelt it on purpose? It's That's pronounced cuckoos. On the article, it says cuckoo's nest. Yeah, but it's pronounced cuckoos. It's a cuckoo's nest. That's what it is. So why is it spelled like cuck? I don't know, because that's how it's spelled. Do you not know what a cuckoo's nest is? No. You've never heard that before? Like, no. you're a fucking... You're a cuckoo? I don't know what a cuckoo bird like is. Like a cuckoo bird. Yeah, a cuckoo's nest. So it's spelled. Are you serious? Yes. You are lying to I'm me. I'm not lying to you. That's what it's called. It's not C-O-O-C-O-O. -O -O. <laughs> no, I'm going to look it up Are right now. Are you guys now. fucking with me? No. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, my God. Is One flew over the cuckoo's nest. The more you fucking know. Robert Hunter, the lyricist of The Grateful Dead, and Allen Ginsberg, a poet. <laughs> yeah, we don't know much about Allen. We probably do, but we just don't know, you know? Yeah. He, I heard he wrote Geronimo Stilton. Oh, okay. That's really good. So, the CIA brought LSD to America unwittingly. It's ironic that the drug that the CIA hoped to be its key to controlling humanity actually would wind up fueling a generational rebellion that was dictated to destroy, dedicated, sorry, to destroying everything that the CIA held near and dear to everything they loved. You really got into that one. That was, was fantastic, Don Bradshaw. Sid was out here testing it on agents who agreed to be dosed under controlled environments, and some who even agreed to be dosed by surprise. They just wanted a little spice, like they just wanted to spice it up a little bit. I, however, will never agree to be dosed by surprise. Can you imagine if so? If you were like, actually, I got a new kink. I want you to dose me with acid by surprise. Imagine you're just like walking to work one day or driving, all of a sudden you start you crack your back. Start and you're like, <laughs> everything's like moving around. You become a pilot because you think you're good. Oh my god. And you have to land in Hudson Bay. Stop. Oh my god. Okay. Um, after, girl, you, I, do, I don't need the cues. Thank you. I just like touching your leg. 
After months of experimenting on agents and prisoners, once again, Sid was left bored and unsatisfied. Aren't we all? <laughs> this Welcome is when to the my C- life. <laughs> Welcome to my life, Sid. This is when the CIA agreed to approve anything Sid wanted to do. They just were like, you know what, Sid? We're going to let you do whatever power. the fuck you want. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. They just was like... Anyways. Sid got ambitious. And you know what? Flew a little too close to the sun. He girl-bossed. He girl-bossed, he gatekeeped, and he gaslighted. <clears throat> he hatched a new idea that consumed artichoke and gave him the authority over all CIA research into mind control, including the ability to test drugs on witting and unwitting Americans, which was not being done under artichoke. Which was still very illegal. Um, everything. Yeah. All of this was illegal, by the way. Everything. Legal. <clears throat> On April 13th, 1953, Project MK Ultra was officially approved. Gottlieb began administering LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs to unwitting subjects. We will now commence um, the victims of MK. Yeah, there we go. That's where. Sorry, we're, we're gonna get into the commence. victims. Can you, can you say we're going to commence? Because that sounds like something the CIA would say. We're going to commence <laughs> the oh, the victims of MK Ultra. Yeah, we're gonna commence them. Okay, you can start. All right. This one, I love him so much, and I think he deserved a lot better. Um, before we even talk about this, I do want to say that there is a full docu-series on Netflix that is just about this part, which I'm going to watch. It's called uh, Wormwood, I think. Ooh. But it's all we about... We got Wormwood down in the basement with that <laughs> We do. A worm fell into our house from our wall. He said... But yeah, there is a whole docu-series on... Um, about this man named Frank Olson. Yeah. So. And if you hate us, Bailey Syrian also has a really good podcast called Dark History. You say if you hate us? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. So let's get into Mr. Frank Olson, a king, really. Mm-hmm. He was born July 17th, 1910 in Wisconsin. He had three children. Eric, Nils. Is it Nils? Yep. Okay. And Lisa Olson. I love that name, Nils. He's a bacteriologist and a biological warfare scientist and the employee of the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories, also known as USBWL, <laughs> where he was co-workers with who? Sidney Gottlieb. Olson was openly against the inhumane methods of experimenting, which is probably not a good thing. You shouldn't be open. If you're working for the CIA. No, stand your ground, sis. I don't know, man. I would just be like, I'd just play along, and then I'd probably quit. Anyways, go on. After speaking out to co-workers, Olson was then a little sasaruni. He was invited to a men's retreat in rural Maryland. I can't say that word. Rural. 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 It sounds unnatural. Laurel. Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. What did you hear? Did you hear Laurel or Yanni? I think I heard Laurel. He's like, what? Do you know what we're talking about? Remember Laurel um, Yanny? There's this thing where this person's saying Laurel, but some people see, hear him saying Yanny. We'll show you after. Laurel Yanny. Some I've heard both, but usually Laurel. I've had I heard him say Yanny once. I heard him say that Bush did not. 
Oh my god, it's true. During the men's <laughs> retreats, Olsen was offered a drink. Oh. Don't take drinks from strangers. Strange men. Also, people you know. You know, don't take drinks. Make your own. Don't drink at all. Don't drink. Perish. After drinking it, he began to feel unusual. Shortly thereafter, he and the others were then informed they had been secretly dosed with LSD. The men? The men were dosed by who? Sidney Gottlieb. Okay. After returning from the retreat, Olsen confided in another co-worker about what had happened. And the co-worker suggested he be hospitalized to just get back on track, you know? So the co-worker and a doctor checked Olsen into a hotel near the hospital so he could be checked in the next morning. Because the hospital was only doing check-ins during the morning. Oh, okay. And also the doctor was his family doctor. Was it actually? Yeah. Oh my god. Unfortunately, Olsen, he would never be hospitalized. (laughs) The night before he was supposed to check into the hospital, he fell from his hotel window to his death. And he Wasted. Was crumpled on the ground. Sorry. His son later asked for a second autopsy, which ruled Olsen's injuries did not line up with a fall from a window, but with blunt force trauma to the cranium. The CIA says Olsen's death was the most mysterious thing to come from MKUltra. Also, I didn't know if I was if to add this in or not, but they the CIA got a phone call from the oh, yeah, I know. from the hotel that night saying that um, Olsen had died before before he died. Yeah. So it was. So I don't actually think it was mysterious, guys. I actually think you had that planned. He was bonked in the head and then pushed out the window. So maybe I don't know. Take accountability for your actions and saying it was mysterious. Okay. <laughs> We're going to roll, reel it back in. We're going to Canada. We're going to Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the victims of the Allen Memorial Institute and also touch on something called depatterning. Okay. Give her. The Allen Memorial Institute is located in a spooky mansion formerly known as Ravenscrag that looms over Rue McTavish at the foot of Mount Royal in Montreal, Quebec. There are rumors that this place is haunted. Obviously, Ravenscrag. <laughs> That's creepy. I'm going to start calling our house that. If you say three times in a mirror, uh, a mansion will appear. <laughs> a mansion will, your house will turn into a mansion. That's haunted. And Eddie Murphy will also be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> actually, the haunted mansion was actually based on Ravenscrag. Are you dead ass? No. Oh. <laughs> Say Bible. <laughs> this place was the house of the psychiatric department of the Royal Victoria Hospital and was affiliated with McGill University. Experiments were ran by Dr. Cram. <laughs> Dr. Cameron. Dr. Cramon. Um, this experiments were ran by Dr. Cameron, who was said to be ruthless, power hungry, Tense and not very kind. I'm gonna start off by saying we hate this man. Yeah, we hate him. Dr. Cam- Cameron? Dr. Cameron is probably worse than Gottlieb, I think, in my humble, honest opinion. Cameron was a leading. F- 
Let's talk about the good things he did, though. Yeah. Cameron was a leading figure in psychiatric research and was working as a professor in Albany when he was invited to Montreal to become the first director of the Allen Memorial Institute. Period. Nikki! You, you can't hear it. You can't hear it. You're going to have to, like, wake her up a little bit. Nikki! Yay! She up? Nicole! I forgot to mention our special guest, Sal Almond. It's like almond, but with a U instead of an O. He's our elf on the shelf. He's magic. And he got there by himself. Yeah, and he has his license. Sorry. Um, what the fuck were we? His oh. research. His research was focused on discovering the root of mental illnesses and finding ways to cure them. He believed that the manifestation of mental illnesses, specifically schizophrenia, was a result of repeated patterns of socially unhealthy behavior in patients and concluded that it could be cured by depatterning these unsound habits. Oh, to be depatternized. It's like a lobotomy kind of. Yeah, truly. Depattering was meant to break down the patient's personalities completely in order to rebuild it from scratch. Yeah, I w actually would like this done, I think. <laughs> According to the Canadian government, approximately 80 patients at the Allen Memorial Institute underwent depatterning. The treatment involved putting patients into a prolonged period of sleep for several days through the administration of barbiturates and LSD. This was followed by massive doses of electro electroshock therapy over the course of over several weeks. Back in the day, if someone were receiving electroshock therapy for depression, they would receive the treatment two to three times per week. But in this case, our boy Cameron was administrating the electroshock to test subjects multiple times a day. He was just frying them up like eggs, honestly. Like eggs. He was fucking <gasps> giving it to them. Once patients' brains were depatterned, Cameron believed they would be able to be retaught proper forms of interaction and behavior. He also performed something called psychic driving on the patients where they would be subject to repeated audio recordings in order to reinforce positive messages within their minds. Which, honestly, that one doesn't even sound that bad. That's like meditation when you go to sleep. Right? Yeah, but let's just... Let's but just you were also asleep for like two months. <laughs> yeah, and okay, I'm just gonna, we'll just get into this. The patients would typically be sedated with muscular paralytic drugs during this process, and they would be exposed to hundreds of thousands of repetitions of a single statement throughout a treatment. Okay, I actually take back my yeah. um, <laughs> previous statement. And it sometimes it could be positive, and sometimes they'd put negative ones, like... Like you're a fat bitch? Yeah, they would, so some of the patients got good messages over and over and over and over and over for literally hours and hours, like 23 hours a day, and some of them got negative ones, being like... You know, and Die. the messages were weird. I might add a little audio clip in here, actually, of um, just an example. You can get along with people by now. You are not afraid of others, and you are very pleased to be with them. People like you, and your relationship with people is good. You are an adult, and you want to accept the responsibilities of a wife and a mother. As you feel better, you like to see things neat and tidy. If you see things disorderly, like papers on the floor, you pick them up. You look after things 
as you look after yourself. They suffered from severe memory loss and felt like their bones were melting during acid trips, developed brain injuries, and even had to learn how to use the bathroom again after their treatment. Someone was even put into a comatose state for 72 days. That was the longest. But yeah, it can, like, you start to lose muscle mass if you, like, are oh sick Oh my god, of course. These people didn't even agree to do this. They went in for, like, because they were experiencing mental health issues and went to this psychiatric hospital to better themselves and then were just put asleep. I know, like, like fucked up didn't even, even more. know. Some of them didn't even know that they, some people, the people who come forward, like, years later, be like, I think I was actually a part of this. Like, didn't... Yeah, they, they had to get medical ugh, medical records, like, sent back to mm -hmm. them. Well, this actually reduced the patients to a childlike state. Yeah, some, some of them even say animal-like state, too. Yeah, like, didn't know if they were in the world. Yeah. It's they crazy. would, like, know who they were. Well, but they were never the same again. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. they would know who they were, but they wouldn't know, like, how old they were or where they were or, like, what was going on. Mm -hmm. Cameron was actually given a $60,000 research fund by the Human Ecology Fund to do research on mind control, which was a fake foundation that the CIA made up. One of many. <laughs> Just so that they could get money to fund this, which is crazy. One of the victims was Bob uh, Logie. And in 1956, Bob was sent to the Allen as a teen to get treatment for like severe leg pains. <laughs> Instead of getting treatment for his leg pains, he was actually just dosed with LSD 15 times. Like get into it, y'all. Um, he says that his trips were terrifying and horrible. And like during his trips, he would like be talking to the doctor and then the doctor would just like disappear. Like while he was tripping out. That's so scary. I know, that's terrifying. They'd ask him a lot of personal questions, which he felt he had no control over answering. He just had, he just answered them. Like he couldn't control himself. Um, during his trips, they would tell him that he was shrinking and he would actually start to feel like he was shrinking into like a smaller being. Into a little, tiny little, small little man. And they'd make him feel like he was going back in time to the point where he felt like he was going to be born. That's like so, like, uh, so fucked. He, and he remembers all of this too, which is insane. After his legs, like the pain in his legs were treated, he was discharged and he like couldn't cope or adjust to normal life after being dosed by LSD. He was super anxious and he couldn't hold down any jobs um, due to the anxiety. He did actually go back to the Institute. They then started sleep treatment on him where he would be put to sleep for 23 days and shocked multiple times a day with the electroshock therapy. While he was asleep, they would begin playing the tapes over and over and over, trying to depattern him. We have another victim from the Allen. Her name was Hilda Bernstein. In 1959, she went to the Allen after a nervous breakdown. Her husband thought they were killing her because she'd always be asleep or doing a special treatment, and he had no knowledge about it. Like they wouldn't like update him. Yeah, he wouldn't tell him. They, so they wouldn't tell him about the treatment. They wouldn't. They just said she was asleep. She also um, wasn't allowed any visitors for like the three weeks she was in there. Like they had to like call to check mm. in on her. And they were also depatterning her as well. It was really freaky. Um, after her stay at the Allen, her memory was severely damaged and she like for a while she was unable to recognize her close family like her children and her husband. Her sister-in-law, who was an RN, said she'd never seen such a change in someone in only three weeks. 
She was only there for three weeks, and she couldn't even remember her, like, family or anything. Hilda looks back um, pictures, like, she went to, like, New York and, like, a museum with her aunt and, like, looks back at the pictures and, like, doesn't even remember her aunt being there. And she was with, staying with Hilda for three months. <laughs> and she doesn't remember the pictures. She doesn't remember a thing. She looks back at the pictures and she's like, oh, that must have been nice. And she had a really close relationship with that aunt, too. That's so scary. All right, guys, we're going to now jump into... <laughs> I'm so excited right now. <laughs> a, um, we're going to take a deeper dive into... Let's say together. Ready? Operation Midnight Climax. Another really fun thing that happened during Project <laughs> MK Ultra was a little side quest called Operation Midnight Climax, which is exactly what you think. Well, maybe. <laughs> Operation Midnight Climax was a project that took place in San Francisco, as well as New York City, in 1954, in which the government employed prostitutes that lured unsuspecting men to the CIA safe houses where they were going to be drugged and experiments took place. During the night, CIA agents would dispense LSD to strangers in San Francisco and New York. During the time of Operation Midnight Climax, thousands of unwitting men were lured to safe houses by sex workers. The sex workers would get paid $100 a day, and they were guaranteed protection from police harassment. These safe houses were set up like brothels and were decorated with tons of photos of women in bondage and other sexual suggestive images all over the walls. This operation was headed by George Hunter White, and he would actually... (laughs) He would actually sit behind a two-way mirror on a toilet. Yes, they installed a toilet in his little spy room, (laughs) so he wouldn't miss anything. While he sipped martinis and monitored and recorded the sexual encounters, he would sit there pantless, (laughs) drinking martinis. I think he had his pants on. Pantless, drinking a martini. A martini. A martina. They filmed this (laughs) They could blackmail the Johns to keep him quiet, and it was also reported that a lot of these Johns were like very well known, like big people. That a lot of people, a lot of people knew about them. Period. So the CIA was up to no good as usual. Period. Operation Midnight Climax was reportedly established in order to study the effects of LSD on unconsenting individuals. I really don't think they needed to do all that to find that out. <laughs> I know it's just so weird. The sex workers were instructed to use a. P- Use a post, what? Okay, sorry. The sex workers were instructed in the use of post-sex questioning to investigate whether the victims could un- involuntarily reveal deep, dark secrets. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> Not with the drugs, just the questioning after. Um, the Johns were sometimes even fed subliminal messages in attempts to, in attempt to induce them into involuntary actions, including criminal activities such as robbery, assault, and even assassination, like which means murder. During, <laughs> during that coitus, they would, the prostitutes would give the, like, subliminal message to the men. They'd be like, kill him. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They'd be like, kill him. 
Many of the CIA operatives involved in the operation actually took the drugs themselves and slept with the sex, wor sex workers just for fun. Like, they just... Extra credit, my mom. Yeah. Um, Can't do it. The operation even expanded when the CIA operatives began dosing people in restaurants, bars, and beaches. By the way, this experiment proved absolutely nothing other than the fact that men talk more after sex. That's literally all they discovered during this operation. Listen, I could have told you all that without having to drug people. <laughs> Did you know, fun fact, no one was charged from MKUltra. Nobody served any jail time, not Dr. Cameron, not Gottlieb, no one. They all just, it's like no big deal. I think mostly because most of the files on MKUltra were destroyed. They were destroyed, and even the ones that they did find, quote unquote, looked like Swiss cheese. Also, like, what is the statute of limitations for that? What do you mean? I don't know what that like means. Like, in, in some crimes, you have, like, a certain time frame to oh. be able to charge someone I'm for something. I'm unsure. Because they started the investigation, like, a couple years after it, mm. it shut down, so I mean. It's usually, like, two years. Mm, I actually don't know. Anyways, um, what I actually also find funny is that um, LSD slash acid, for you who just haven't caught on yet, LSD and acid are the same thing, um, was made to induce a psychosis. And now some of y'all be taking it for a laugh on the weekend with the boys. Yeah, I can't Like, even. that's insane to me. Like, it was made to cause people to crack up. Yeah, they want And y'all are like, crack up. The guy who invented it was just like, oh my god, I'm trying to make an EpiPen, and now I've created acid, and I'm going to go ride my bike for My a bicycle. Laugh. With my assistant. Oh, by the way, his assistant was on the back of the bike with him. <laughs> I didn't know that. Are you serious? Oh my he god. He had to monitor him. That's hilarious. His assistant was on the back of the bike. So, my dad told me we should be really careful with this episode, because the CIA doesn't like to be pried on, so... He also told me to stop swearing so much in the episode, so. Fucking love you, Dad. So fucking much. She can't be stopped. I think some people went into this with good intentions. <laughs> no, I, no, no. I actually, <laughs> Dr. Think. Cameron, he really was all about, like, trying to fix the mentally ill. Yes, he wanted to find a way to cure the mentally ill. But which, which respect you for the hustle, King, but I think you got a little bit lost in the sauce there. There is a full <laughs> podcast uh, series that CBC did a few years ago called Brainwashed, where they actually interview his son, and his son is like, listen, my dad wasn't that bad of a man, and you feel so bad for him because his son is, like, old now. And it's, like, it's kind of sad. And I also uh, feel really bad for Frank Olson's children. Oh, my God, Frank Olson. I cannot wait to go watch that documentary on Netflix about all of that. I yeah. want to dive her deep into that. I'll never live it down. I'm very, um, this is my new hyper-focus unlock, is the, CIA, the devious antics of the CIA. Those devious little fucks. Um, Central Intelligence Agency, if you guys are hiring. Uh, don't hire us because we don't want to join yeah, anyone. Yeah, I don't want a job or anything, but maybe. Um, Maybe I'm some merch would be sick. I'm scared, okay? <laughs> I'm scared to say anything. They're probably watching us right now through this camera. We have one more episode coming out before Christmas. A Christmas special, if you will. And then we're going to take a little Christmas break until the new year. And we have a big motherfucking <clears throat> case coming up. 
We have a huge case coming up for the new year, which um, has been super like heavily requested. Do you much that? And we're we're gonna dive her deep into that. And let's just give one one little hint. It's local. We're gonna start 2022 off with a local case. Yeah, it is local. Yeah, it is. Well, Newfoundland case mm -hmm. would I would consider that local, I guess. Uh, but for our next episode, we're going to be doing a Q&A, so either DM us. We probably will have a story up for, with questions, but mm -hmm. if you don't see it, DM us some questions, and we'll be excited to get them. Also, we will be we will be doing some merch, so oh, yeah. keep your eyes in, peeled and your ears open. Hell yeah. And yeah, for merch, because we're going to... I'm going to be making it out with my cricket, me and Bree. So, we're going to be Santa's elves. Um, it's not going to look exactly like yeah, what this we're is wearing. our old merch that is, only us own. This is the limited edition, um, only one of a kind. Only two, Bree and Quirk. Two of a kind. <laughs> yeah. We w the new merch will be with our new logo. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. We're really excited. So, yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We'll be covering uh, just a fun little moment, a little Christmas special for you guys, and a QA. And we're really excited. So with that being said, we'll be talking. Oh, we didn't do the thing. Oh, fuck. Ah, that kind of hurt. Ow! I have human, like, uh, like, godly strength. It's, like, really scary. Was, oops. What I just fuck? have really, my hands are just so weak from all of the brow yeah, waxes that I really do. really dainty and, and so sweet Yeah, I'm really small. dainty with my, look at my hands. She's so dainty with it, y'all.